You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. While you were skipping stones, building forts, and flying kites, I was missing school and all my Saturday nights. Other kids were climbing trees and rolling down hills. I was singing songs to pay my family's bills. Little me. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Little Me with me, Mark Tuminelli. My guest today has been appearing on Broadway since the age of 10. His Broadway credits include SpongeBob SquarePants, Tuck Everlasting, Gypsy, Big, Les Miserables, and the Will Rogers Follies. Off-Broadway's appeared in The Visitor, Bag Daddy, Substitution, Tea and Sympathy, Captain's Courageous, and many others. His regional credits include View from the Bridge of the Goodman, West Side Story at Stratford Shakespeare Festival, and Neil LeBute's My America 2, Middle of the Night at Baltimore Center Stage. His film and TV credits include Mr. Richardson, FBI, The Mysteries of Laura, The Following, The Leftovers, The Carrie Diaries, It Could Be Worse, and I Love You But I Lied, and the upcoming Better Nate Than Ever on Disney+. Plus. Please welcome my buddy, Brandon Espinoza. Hi, Brandon! Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I said nice. to Brandon before we started, I know you don't like to talk about yourself, but I'm going to make <laughs> you do it for 45 minutes. So um, <laughs> thank you for being here. Um, how are, how are things? Um, <laughs> um, you know, you know, I think, I think we're all on the same page here. It's, it's been wild, but, um, yeah, the world overall, is on fire. Yeah. But, Essentially. That's kind of what it is. Yes. Um, but yeah. you, I'm going to jump in because you have lived my nineties Broadway kid dream doing Les Mis <laughs> and doing big and doing Will Rogers. Like these were the shows that I was very obsessed with in my formative teen, preteen years. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I want to know what you were doing at eight and nine in Queens in your living room that made your mom be like, this kid is a star. What was happening pre Will Rogers? Um, so actually, uh, I started dancing when I was three um and growing up uh where I did I grew up in Ozone Park in Queens there weren't a lot of dance studios around there and especially the ones that they that were there there were no boys and some people actually some students didn't take boys at that time it was it was kind of surreal I didn't know any of this but um the reason why they took me into dance school because I had a lot of energy and I would always kind of move around they play music and I'm like maybe he wants to dance a little bit we'll just throw him in and see and I kind of fell in love with it uh, instantly. Like I was taking tap class, like jazz, you name it, kind of doing that. Um, and I went from there to, I got to a place when I was eight years old. Uh, I was learning pretty fast. And the teachers at the dance studio, George Connolly Dance Studio uh, in Queens. And some of the teachers were like, he's learning fast. And I think the best way for him to grow is to go into the city and take class. So I started doing Broadway Dance Center. There's like a children's program. Like every Saturday you did, it was an intensive. Um, and like, I remember in my class, Jason Samuels in my class, who was like a crazy tap hook for a reason, bringing those random phones, like all that stuff. Um, uh, so it was like all this crazy, like young talent. So I would do that every week. Uh, and then from there, I went to an open call for a Kids R Us commercial. Uh, <laughs> they wanted kids who could dance. I was nine. I didn't know what I was doing. It was like an open call. And essentially they taught us choreography and it was, you know, it's like a cattle call. So there's a bunch of people, kids in there. Um, and I ended up getting it like my first audition. I ended up booking it. And from there I got an agent uh, and it kind of just kept happening like that. And I didn't really, I don't know when I was a kid, I didn't really know necessarily what I want to do. I just would do something and be like, well, that was fun. 
and I would just keep going. I didn't really, I didn't know anything about Broadway at the time. Um, and how that happened. And you can stop me if I am. No, I'm lo- I'm loving this. So yeah. <laughs> so, so then if you didn't even know about Broadway. How did that then Will Rogers, like, did his agent get you that audition? What happened? So this is, so the dance studio that I was in, in Queens, uh, one of the dance teachers became the casting associate and she was a casting associate for Will Rogers Follies. And she always would go to, cause obviously she knew a lot of kids who danced and they needed kids who could dance, but also who could sing. And I never sang before. So before I even had my first audition for Rogers Follies, I was nine and she called my parents like, can he come in? They want a kid who can dance, who can sing. And I said, and I kept saying no, cause I was so scared. I've never sang. I was terrified at the thought of standing in front of people and singing. I was like, not for me. No, I don't want to no, do thank it. You. <laughs> no. And my parents are so like anti-stage parents. They're just kind of, which I love, which was actually helped me, kept me grounded. But um, so I kept saying no, because I was just terrified. And then my dad, <laughs> he goes, listen, <laughs> he goes, Miss Barbara, and Barbara Cavarnia, who's now, oh God, I think she lives in Florida now. I don't remember. But anyway, she was like, listen, Miss Barbara really wants you to come in. Just come in and just sing a little something. You don't have to do a whole song, just a little. So the only song I knew, like, do you know a song? I was like, I getting to know you because i did a dance to like uh that <laughs> i was like i know that he's like okay just go in you know what just just and then she'll and it, that was the thing they're like she'll never bother you again you go in you know they had they did not expect me to get it also because yeah, there's so of course many kids. not yeah so and at this time because this doesn't happen anymore i mean it does but it's very rare your audition was on the stage of the palace theater wow. i did my audition Facing this huge theater, I was 10 years old. I didn't know anything about theater, nothing. I didn't know a Broadway show. I didn't know a musical if you named it. I knew Cats because I saw the commercial all the time. It used to scare me. That commercial um, used to be on 24 hours a day. All the time. Like, always. <laughs> and I remember as a kid, I couldn't process. I was like, wait, uh, grown people dressed as cats dance? Like, I couldn't. I remember being a kid being like, what is that? I um, think as an adult, we still have a hard time processing what that yes, was. Yes, I did okay, see it. We can get into that often. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so anyway, so I get there and it's, once again, it's like a cattle cult. Every kid you can imagine and I, and with their parents and they're like warming up and doing whatever. And like, I've ne- it was, it was really, I was like, what is happening right now? And an hour goes by and they're taking like 10, 15 kids at a time to go up to the stage auditions and they're making cuts. And it, and it was, it was a long time before I got seen. And I got to the point where I was like, I was like, dad, I just want to go home. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. This is too long. And my dad pulls me in the bathroom. He goes, right, come here. Don't tell your mother. I'll give you $20 if you stay for this audition. And I go, deal. And I, <laughs> so I stayed and it happened. Like I go on stage. I had, and this is something that comes back later. I had, remember LA lights? I don't know if you remember those. LA oh my lights God. The yes. They, the sneakers that lit up. They were so cool. Yeah. So I had those on. Part of the LA gear collection. <laughs> yeah. Mind you, like there were some kids in like sweats, like prepared to dance. I was in like jeans, sneakers. I did, like I was not, I didn't know what was happening. So I go and I do the audition. They're making cuts and I'm still there. And my dad, because what they did was they keep the kids who they didn't cut, they keep them on the stage. So my dad and my mom kept seeing kids coming down as like time was passing. He was like, he's still there. Like they did not think, they thought I'd get cut immediately. And they're like, okay, he's still there. More people come, more people come. And then I remember it gets down to, I see me and one other kid. And of course, they're like, can you sing? So I sang a song. I'm pretty sure it's getting to know me. I have to talk with my parents. I was, <laughs> I was, so I was terrified. I was shaking. I was shaking. They start playing. I don't even know how much I sang. I can't even remember what it looked like, how it sounded or whatever. And I was, when it was done, I was like, oh God, it's over. It's like, thank God. Then they had, then they taught the other kid more choreography. The stage manager gets up. He comes to me. I didn't know he's the stage manager, uh, manager at the time. He puts his hand, arm around me and he's like, I just want to let you know, those LA lights got you the job. And I was like, so. <laughs> so what? am I like, in the I, play? I, I didn't know. So I go downstairs and I think I remember someone being like, going upstairs. I was like, I think I got it. And then they came out. Like, it was just one of those things. I just found out there that I booked it. And. I still wasn't super excited because I didn't really understand. I was kind of like, I got this thing. This will be fun. I, I also didn't process that that theater would be filled with people. I just was kind yeah, of like, yeah. this was fun. Um, 
And then I remember there's one thing I remember. We were in the subway. My mom at the time, no real cell phone. So it was like a pay phone. And my mom has the thickest Brooklyn accent ever. She's born and raised. She's like, yeah, he, uh, he booked Broadway. I don't know. He booked it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> he booked Broadway. <laughs> he booked Broadway, you know, he booked it. And, uh, and I don't even think she said books, you know, books. I mean, he's like, yeah, no. he got, he got, he got Broadway. And I was like, okay. So we, so that's how that happened. And it kind of, from there, it just, it moved so fast. I think I started yeah. rehearsal pretty much immediately, but this was crazy. My first day rehearsal, so I wake up, I had a fever. I was sick as a dog. I had a fever, cough, cold, all, you name it. I had everything. I woke up that morning for my first day of rehearsal and they were trying to see if I can get out of it, but they had to, I had to go. And I was learning stuff <laughs> just like 102 fever. Like, I, I was sick just as like, hell. As we're not yeah. allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> I know. Well, that's what I mean. But no, we're not. Definitely not. But at the time, it was like just come in, and I was like, so I down Tylenol and do whatever, and did it. But it was, it just happened so fast. It was like costume fitting. All this stuff just kept kind of going on, and I and it didn't really hit me until my first performance. Um, and I, what we do is the kids. It's where I just. Uh, kids they come out of this trunk and they introduce themselves one at a time and then they do this number and howdy i'm james rogers i'm I'm familiar (laughs) yeah so i not feeling super nervous like all the kids around think how you feel you and i was like yeah this is gonna be fun like were you the only replacement coming in like all the kids were the same kids all the kids are the same it's just me so i remember coming out like one at a time i was the middle kid so like we're like oh this is crazy like i'm doing this I remember coming out, looking out, and seeing all those people. And I swear to you, my heart, I was like, I've never been so nervous in my life. I was terrified because I was like, as if I was going to be like, who invited these people? I was like, like I was Just terrified. like the Palace Theater, three levels of like, you know, and it 17, 1800 seats. Yeah, it was still a hot, hot ticket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was, I was terrified. But what took me out of that, immediately and then i just focused on what i was supposed to do was i had these chaps on and they didn't fit properly so they kept falling down so <laughs> my whole focus was on pulling these up as i was doing the rest of the numbers so like i quickly like was no longer nervous i was just like let me get through this gosh let me get this um and then the rest was kind of a blur but ever since then i will say like i say it all the time it was like the first time when i heard like that audience applause i was like oh man this is different <laughs> and then i just kind of <laughs> I just like fell in love with it, but also like getting to, to watch the adults, like what they did. I just became fascinated. Like I would always be downstairs, like watching people like going back and forth and watching their performances. I just was hooked from then on. Um, but it was something that I didn't know until that happened. How did your um, parents react to sort of seeing you on Broadway, which is like a very different thing than doing the dance recital or doing a commercial, just sort of, yeah. this is like a very big moment where you can look around and be like, are you all seeing my kid? <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. We never really talked uh, at length about it, but I know for them, it was it was just shock. It was shock for them because also they were like, "How is he doing this right now?" Like I, we never in a million years expected this him to be us to be in this audience watching him on Broadway. It's it's surreal. So I think for them it was just really surreal, and they loved it because they always. What's funny is they did go to Broadway shows before they had us. They obviously. didn't really get to experience that when we were growing up but yeah and they always loved musicals i just didn't really know about it until i got that and they were like this is wild like to think that he's you know did they send you to the show like once you were cast did you like sit in the audience and watch the show like a few times so So you had a sense of like oh i'm doing that like that must have felt kind of overwhelming yeah it was i think it was two days later or a day later i i they gave us a ticket with my folks and we sat in the audience. And we watched the show for the first time. And that and was your I first went, Broadway show that you ever saw. First show I saw was Roger wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but then I was hooked. Like I said, I remember seeing that and loving it, but not really knowing if I wanted to do it. Obviously until I got on stage and I was like, okay, I want to do this. But um, I did see another show right after that called five guys named Mo. Yeah. <laughs> and I, listen, I can't tell you what happened in that show. All I know is I had the best time. I was 10. I was like, this is amazing. I don't know what Broadway is, but I'm loving every second of it. How long did you stay in the show before Les Mis came calling? 
So that happened. Uh, I did the last about six months of the run. Um, and yeah, so then that. So it was like Mickey was Rooney in the show then? Yes. And he couldn't oh remember my. anything. Oh, yeah. See, that God is like, va- those are very famous stories of him yeah. not knowing what was going on at Will Rogers' yeah. Um And I will say, this is the thing too about him. Like, um, Larry Gatlin, who was playing yeah. our Will Rogers at the time, remarkable like the way he handled mickey rooney on stage was incredible it was one of those things where a lot of us would just stop because like what's he gonna say this time because you didn't know what was gonna come out of mickey rooney's mouth you had no idea there was times where he would go to sing and he'd go bah, boom, bah, boom, bah. he would just say and you're like what is happening <laughs> there was no you don't know what's happening um but larry was so good with him i remember even being a kid being like that's incredible because it was improv essentially he was like i yeah. gotta go with this and larry getlin is by no stretch he's not some like professional like actor he's a country singer who just stepped into this role and he was remarkable the way he handled it. um and mickey rooney was great don't get me and he was so sweet he just you know he was older he didn't know what what was happening i um, remember this might be an insane weird memory i have of seeing mickey rooney outside the theater because your curtains were like later and he would get people to buy tickets at the la- for those last couple months, he would stand outside the theater and be like, come inside and see Will Rogers Follies. We started at 30 or something like that. Am I crazy? You know, no, because this is what we did. And I don't know any shows that do this now. Obviously, it's a different time. But we were week to week. So a lot of us castmates would go out to TKTS and we'd stand there. We'd do a little something. We'd try and get people like hand out flyers, try to get them to see the show so we could stay open another week. So it was week to week to a point where like, Sunday we're rolling around, we're like, this might be our last show. Then they take the notice down. They're like, okay, we got another week. And we do it. It was like that. Oh my God. So, and I, you know, we were like, kids, get out there and do it. I was like, okay, like, all right. And I mean, that's like it. kind of old school showbiz, which I'm a, like a little bit obsessed with. It's like that's real life was. gypsy. Yeah. It was like you wait till that notice comes down and then it came down. You're like, okay, we're good. We got another week. Um, so it was a week to week. It was a bit of a struggle, but then obviously we closed. Um, and, uh, it was a few months later that I got uh, an audition for Les Mis. Um, now, was that something that was like kind of on your radar or your agents were like, we'll get you into Les Mis next? Like, it just felt like a natural well, thing. It, I guess so. I didn't really know. Um, I'm sure that was what my agent was thinking at the time, which is I have because I did have an audition. I remember that's what it was. I think I had an audition towards the end of Rogers Follies for Les Mis. And I my mom gave me because i didn't know it and it was the london cast so i started singing it with an accent and i remember <laughs> i think i had my audition and they were like he doesn't need to do an accent i just something like that and i was like oh <laughs> um, like he may look easy pickings but he's got like, i was British. learning it with a dialect and i was i didn't know um and i think what happened was they asked uh if i was interested in going on tour I think they, I don't know if they offered it to me or what. I think they did because my parents at the time were contemplating it, being like, how would we make this work? And it got to the point where my parents were like, we don't want to separate the family. We want you to stay here. We don't want you to go on the road. And I didn't, I, I thought that was fine. I, I had no desire to leave anyway. Yeah. Um, but the Broadway, how I got Broadway was um, months later, came back in, um, and I had to do my audition for Richard J. Alexander. And for uh, who was casting it at the time? I don't even remember. Johnson Um, Lev, right? That's what it was. Yep. And so I went in, I sang, I sang, um, uh, look down that little section. Yeah. And Richard J is looking at me. He's like, okay. He's like, um, he's like, have you seen the show? And I was like, uh, no. He goes, what? He's like, who's out there? I go, my dad. He's like, bring your dad in here right now. And I was like, dad, um, Someone wants to see you. <laughs> I was like, what? He comes in. Richard Jay's like, so why haven't you seen Les Mis? And he's like, uh, I don't. Uh, I'm, and he pulls out two tickets and he goes, go see the show tonight. When you come back for the final callback tomorrow, I want you to, first, I want you to watch everything he does. And I want you to do exactly that tomorrow. I was like, okay. I go, <laughs> I go we see the show. Blown away. I also was like, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> well, cause it's like this big part and you have to die and you have to like, yes. you know, get shot and you have to like run over yeah. it. It seems daunting. And, like, and it's singing, which is something that I was terrified of at that age. So I was like, Oh, he does a sing. I thought maybe he danced a little bit. And I was like, no, he sings. <laughs> nope. And I was like, that's all he does is sing. 
Okay. Um, so I, I remember seeing it and I was like blown away by the kid. I was like, that's crazy. Cause I've never seen a kid do all that on stage before. And, um, I go back the next day. It's down to me and this one of the kid. And I'll never forget this because this was, my dad was trying so hard to get me away from the door because the kid was playing, they sang a song. The parents were like listening, being like, oh my God, it's going so well. And my dad was like, Brandon, and I was like, no, I'm fine. Like I wasn't even nervous. Yeah. Because I also in my head, which is wild to think, I remember being pretty confident because I was like, I think I know how to do this. I don't know why I had this confidence, but I did. And then the kid out of nowhere starts playing piano apparently. And like, you hear, and the kid's like oh, he's playing the piano. Like they were like, they thought he had this. And it was so strange because I remember those parents being so loud. And I was like, there's another kid here, but all right. Um, so then the kid comes out and then the parents are like, uh, like, so what they say, he goes, it's a good job. And you're like, okay. Let's, um, and then they like left. And then I come in and I do, I do what he said. At least I thought I did. Um, he didn't say much. Like I, I sing, I did little people and I sang the other thing. And I, I remember like watching those kids, that kid. And then saying, okay, I think he does this, whatever. And I tried to do my best. And he says, thank you. He's like, he's like, great job. He's like, thanks. And I was like, okay, thank you. And I go to leave and he stops. He goes, Brandon, I go, yeah. He goes, how would you like to be in Les Mis? And I was like, cool. And then I left. And my dad goes, what happened? He goes, he asked how I like to be in Les Mis. He's like, so you got it. Oh, and I didn't even tell you this part. I was in final callbacks for Carousel, too, at Lincoln Center at the same time. Oh, shit. So I had to go from there. I went to the Carousel final callback. Uh, that goes while I end up booking that. But then I also booked Les Mis at the same time. So I obviously, like, Carousel, the kids don't really do much. No, they the do nothing. The, and, yeah. yeah so my and it's at the time three hours long. Talking. Oh, they're all yeah. three hours long. Keep going. Yeah. So it was something like that. And... Uh, that's how it went. Yeah. Wow. Now I'm remembering this now. So I remember going to Lincoln Center for that. And and then my agent was like, don't, uh, we're going to do, because I got the Lainez offer already. So um, I ended up doing that. And uh, your dad must have been yeah. freaking out. Like this kid just keeps booking everything he auditions for. They were waiting because they, they were like, they were like, also, they thought maybe I just wasn't going to be interested in continuing this. Um, cause obviously it's stressful on them too. Cause they have to take care. I have a brother who's doing a lot of stuff too. Like he's not in the business at all, but you know, he's playing a lot of basketball on this. So like we have to worry about him and then drive me to the show and all it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And you know, I think because they knew how much I loved it, they, they, I mean, they sacrificed a lot. Like I, I'm very much appreciative, especially now looking back. Um, I mean, could but, you imagine that? Like driving into the city, waiting three and a half hours for you to finish doing Les Mis to drive you home. And then they have to go to work in the morning, like that, yeah, every, it, every day. <laughs> like It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. crazy. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I'm like, I, it, they know how, how much I, I appreciate it, but it's, it's wild to think back, especially now being at this age, being like, damn, I can't imagine like having to do all that right now. But like for a kid, but um, what do you remember it? about that first Les Mis performance? Because that must feel like a lot learning that show and the turntable and all of that and and being 11 or 12. You were probably 11 at the time. I was 11. I was yeah. 11. Yeah. So uh, what do you remember about those first couple of shows on? I don't know. It was it was kind of wild because I didn't feel the same nerves I did the first time. around. I think I was starting to get more confident, more confident, I think. Yeah. Uh, but. I do also remember, so my, uh, my abuelita at the time, my grandmother from, uh, my dad's from Ecuador. So she came to see the show. She's had, uh, she spoke a little bit of English, but she, you know, she become support and she didn't know that there was like a death scene. So she out loud, first gunshot, she went, Ay, Dios mío! <laughs> <laughs> and my dad had to be like, no, 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 he's not actually getting shot. It's okay. Like she was oh terrified. She thought I got shot. Um, oh. <laughs> and that was my op- that was my first performance. Oh, uh, that is so wild. I, yeah. Yeah. And that thank God I didn't hear it. Um, but apparently it was loud enough for people. <laughs> like, Shh, lady. <laughs> like, lady, it's fine. He's not it's acting. Um, but yeah, I it was it was wild, man. It was wild. And also the cast, I will say those kids. I mean, to this day, you'll know, like I worked with at the time, uh, the person I replaced in line is with Jason Tam. Okay. Uh, wow. And then I worked with uh, uh, it was Lacey Chabert. 
who was there at Savannah Wise, and then Lee Michelle came in. Um, I mean, it was like all this crazy young talent. Um, and who was crazy. who was like starring in the show then? At the time, uh, so our when I first came in, our uh, show there was Robert Cuccioli. Our uh, Eponine was Sari Ariarty. Our um, our our Jean Valjean was Mark McCracker. <laughs> no, David Fisher or something. Okay. And, but a lot of them, the thing with the Valjeans, they just kept coming back. Like they kind of, would, you know, yeah. uh, and we had this guy, I remember the, the one that I was looking forward to, because at the time he played Valjean the most out of anyone in the history of the show. His name is Craig Shulman. And he came in for a little bit and he was unreal. Um, that's the thing too. Like that was also the time when I knew I wanted to do this. So I would kind of soak up. I would just watch. Well, watch. just like a young man in the business, seeing these men like really like carry this show had to yeah. be such an education for, you know, all of the people I've talked to who've been part of Les Mis that they've learned so much by watching these sort of masters do this huge feat every night yep. um, and yep. kind of just, you know, being in the room to watch that happen night after night yeah. is a really special experience. Yeah, it was amazing. And also uh, the cast that I got to work with, the, the adults, they all were so so kind to the kids and like um i really uh kind of formed a bond with some of them uh it's almost like they took us under their wing in a way it was really uh it was it was great it was, and then, like i said I, I really did learn a lot um just watching and, and kind of being there um now you have them. a gavroche story that very few gavroches have i have i have a couple of stories and that's one and i'll tell this one now um so yes so we are the third cover. So what happens is the way our cast was, we had two Gavroches and we had three girls who played Young Cosette or Young Eponine at any moment. So like if one girl played Young Cosette and the second girl played Young Eponine, the third one would cover both. Um, two of them were out. And I remember I was walking home from school with my mom and she was like, she gets a phone call. It's supposed to be on his Gavroche that night. I remember it was a Thursday night and I get a call well, she gets the call and she starts laughing. She's like, wait, she's like, what? He's like, yeah. Cause I remember I had one under there. He's like, well, you really need, it's really nothing. You go in, yeah. you stick your tongue out, you act like a brat, you leave. Um, so they, so she looks at me and I was like, what? She's like, you're on from young Ebony. And I was, and I remember going, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because also that never happened. Like yeah, it course. never happened. So yeah. I was like, oh, that's a funny joke. Like, cause also I, <laughs> I got close with like, the stage management, like I would always hang out with them when I wasn't on. Um, and I just like watched the show from there. But um, I thought they were playing some like joke on me. And I was 11. I don't know. I was like, ah, ha, ha. I get to the theater. I'm signing. I'm like, and it's, you know, Brandon's young Ebony. I was like, oh, this is a great joke. I'm like going up the stairs. I still don't believe it. I'm like, ah, ha, ha, this is great. They have the dress. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to put that on. And then I was like, where is, I don't remember who the two girls were out. I remember being like, wait, where are they? And they're like, no, you're really on. And I was like, what? <laughs> so just like oh, in a dress, a big hat, and holding a doll. And it's huge. It's <laughs> huge. Huge. Just this big bonnet. I have this big blonde wig, and I'm like pulling up this dress, going up the stairs, like 11 year old. And everyone's like, "How you doing?" I was like, "I thought this was a joke." <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta say, I had such a blast. Like I gotta say, and like the girls playing on Cosette at the time, like we were good friends, and she couldn't look at me. Of like, course they, not. Like I can't laughing, imagine. She literally looked down pretty much the whole time. She would not look up. And she's supposed to look at Young Ebony. And she would not look. And I was like, I get it, but come on. Um, but I'm not going to lie. Once I knew, I was, I was in it to win it. <laughs> I was like, I'm going <laughs> in right now. I had a blast. Um, but also, I got out early. You get out early when you play. So I was like, then I get to go <laughs> I'm home. I'm going home. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, done. I do my five seconds. I'm out. Um, so that was that was my young ebony story and that was just like i have a polaroid of that somewhere i'll, I'll send it to you it's, please it's please find it for I'll me send it. we'll put yeah. it on the instagram friends um oh god yeah <laughs> unless yeah. you don't want okay. it on the instagram I, I think i put it on voluntarily i think at one point um i'll send it i'll send it to you though what yeah. a, what a crazy fun experience to have i mean i'm sure it was oh my god it was wild it was wild we i had like one more that was um i missed a cue and I've never been more scared in my life, but my mic was on. I went up like, uh, it's when I say that when I go to tell the 
the schoolboys. I tell them that General Lamarck is dead. So it's kind of a pivotal moment in the show. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, I was nowhere to be found because I went to my dressing room to play cards. I thought I had all the time in the world. And then I hear this music starting. I go, oh! And I'm four or five flights up before I even get to. And I start screaming, I missed my cue. My mic was on. All you hear is, I missed my cue. I oh, missed my cue. No. And then it's like the guy, uh, I can't remember um, whose character was. It's almost like he had like a sixth sense. He was like, wait. General Lamarck is dead. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> he didn't it, do it like that. It came to him like, in a it, it fever dream. Like, yeah, he almost had that moment because she came out of nowhere. But they, I mean, you had to do it because I wasn't going to be there. I mean, can you but, imagine the things that we're asking 11-year-olds to do on Broadway? I mean, it really is wacky as hell. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. But how cool yeah. to be part of Les Mis and that, um, the history of that show. And it's such a pivotal thing. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, we have to talk about Big because okay. Big was a big, <laughs> I know. Here we go. No, no, let's um, do it. Let's do it. All right. So how long between Les Mis uh, did Big come up? Was there was there a big gap, so, short gap? Uh, it was a short gap. So I finished in the summer of 95, like around July is when I had my last show in uh, uh, Les Mis. And I started auditions for Big, I think, right in like September. Um, something like that. Uh, cut to actually like, Years, a few years prior, I did like a workshop with Susan Stromers. Me and a couple of the guys uh, did like a little workshop trying to workshop choreography for Big. Um, <clears throat> so I knew it was coming at some point. Uh, and I started that right away. Well, auditions. And I ended up booking, I think at some point in like October, and we started rehearsals in December. Uh, so it was pretty quick. It was a pretty quick turnaround. Um, and that was my first original cast yeah. uh, that I was part of. Um, so I didn't know that was quite an experience for all of us. Cause that also was like, at the time we didn't know rent or any noise were going to come. But at the time it was deemed like the most hype show to come on Broadway for the new, for that season. Um, so there was a lot of pressure. And at the time it was like the creative dream team. It was like Paul Gimignani, it was Susan Stroman, Mike Ockren, um, Malby and Shire, John Weidman. It was that whole. I it mean, felt were, like it could not lose. That's the thing. And yeah. at the time, and you know, when we go in, it's also we're kids, so it's like Raphael Schwartz is kind of like we're having parties there and stuff. Like, it just oh. felt like a dream as a kid, but we didn't really understand the pressure that we were going to be under until we got in the room. Um, and granted, they were great with us, but. Um, and also there's so many of you. I mean, I think the big difference here between your other two Broadway shows where there was four or five kids, you were like 16 kids, right? Or something. Yeah, there was, there was a lot. I think, yeah, it, there was a lot, uh, for sure. And we were being asked to do a lot. It was the most I was ever asked to do, especially at that time. Um, you mean as far as and, like 
involvement in the actual show. Yeah, yes, like, like the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, we were we were we were dancing a lot. Like it was just it was a yeah. lot. It was definitely not something that I uh, was used to. And um, also like the ten to six rehearsals, and then you know that was the first time I was ever uh, did tutoring because we had no choice. We our rehearsal yeah. schedule was so crazy. Um, so that level of exhaustion I wasn't accustomed to, um, and also not fully understanding the pressure that comes with opening a new show, especially when you have a creative team as, you know, uh, hyped as they are, uh, or they were at the time. And, uh, I just remember that rehearsal process being, Hey, it was, we had a great time, but when we got to Detroit, cause our, our out of town tryout, most, at least uh, back in the day, there's you go somewhere to, to work it out. Before you work, you, you tweak, out. you make tweaks for like three months and then you come back, you rehearse some more and then you open. Um, so we were in Detroit and that was probably one of the wildest experiences I've had, uh, especially as a kid. But even as an adult, if that was happening, I'd be like, this is insane. Um, what was, what made it so crazy? I mean, you've, you've workshop new shows. You've, you've done this now as an adult. What made that big experience so insane? So <clears throat> there was constant changes, not just like small, minor, like, oh, we're going to cut a verse here. Cut it. Full numbers were being changed during the day. We were learning brand new choreography, brand new song during the day and having to learn as kids. We do tutoring and then we go and do their original stuff. And the old got, version at night while you're rehearsing a new version during the day. <gasps> and it crazy. got to me so bad that I would make myself sick. Like I got so, I've never felt that way. Like I had to call out the shows because I would get myself sick because I would get so nervous. I didn't know what, it, it just, it, it got to me and it never happened like that before for me. Yeah. I never felt that kind of pressure. And, uh, and it was apparent because of how intense the rehearsals were like during the day because the reviews came out and we got pained. And I think like, well, I mean, obviously we were changing numbers before that, but, uh, once that reason, it just, you could feel the weight of it all. And I was like, I don't know what's happening, but like, okay. Could you um, think the other kids could feel it as well? Or are you like super in tune to that kind of thing? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think so. I think we all kind of were on the same page with things. I just think some kids handle it better than others. And for some reason, for me, I like, I made myself sick. Like it was so weird. I, and that's never happened to me before, but, um, uh, but yeah, so that's, I mean, that sounds like it was just terrible and it really wasn't overall it was a great experience and like that was it, it was it's always incredible to like be part of something new and um i definitely don't take that for granted um but yeah it was just like it was it was just a different experience it just was different it's a new like i said new show crazy creative team and there's a lot of hype behind it and, and so when you came into new york obviously the show was still changing and changing during that preview period. Was there a moment where you're like, no, this is really good. Like this is going to hit hard. Or did you yeah. never feel that? I, well, I didn't know. That's the thing. I, I knew based on how I was feeling. I was having a, I personally was having a blast. Like I was love, I love doing the show. Um, I knew if anything, kids would, would love it. That's kind of where I was at. Cause, um, uh, because that's the thing, as kids, we were like, well, we like it, so kids are going to love This is it, great. Right? That's just, yeah, we're that's having just the best kind time. of what we thought. Um, yeah. But, like, honestly, when we got back to New York, a lot of the changes that were made, the new song, I mean, there, there's a list, there's a book that was written about it. And Making it big. At the end of it, yes. yes. At the end, you could see all the cuts. On, it was wild how many songs that we went through. Um, but um, when we got to New York, like, it, it felt all the changes that were made and all the, 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 the new songs and all that, it just, it felt like it worked at least better than it's in Detroit. Um, yeah. And so we really thought, I mean, we all kind of were on the same. I was like, this is going to be a hit. Like, I think we're going to be good. And also we were selling well. So it was like, yeah. okay, I think, I think we're fine. Little did we know that a show called rent was coming. Now you're uh, so that show with big was not nominated for best musical that year, which was kind of, I'm sure shocking to everyone. And I'm wondering what, it was like for you all in the theater and especially you kids sort of what that day happened and you were not nominated for best musical. I mean, it had to feel like we're in trouble. It was, it was devastating. It was devastating. Um, especially to see the shows that were nominated were, hadn't been open in months. 
Yeah, it was like swinging on a star, bringing the noise, rent. And what there was another show that I like feel like I've never heard of. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Yeah, it just felt like. Oh, Grand Night for Singing. That was it, I think. That's what it was. Yeah, something like that. Uh, And then Daniel Jenkins didn't get nominated either. Uh, And he was fantastic. And he was, my God. just the nicest, so first of all, the nicest man in show business. The nicest man. He went yes. out of his way to hang out with us. Also, he was like, it was kind of like character research room. He wanted yeah, to see how like kids interacted. But he was just so kind. Um, and just, yeah, like you said, he was such a good leader. Um, and so it was it was just devastating. And I think the writing was on the wall once that happened. We kind of knew. Um, at least that was the vibe around the, the theater. And he made an announcement, actually. I remember Daniel Jenkins went on the intercom the day when we all found out like what the nominations were and everyone was down and he was like, I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was, it was like just along the lines of like, you know, I love you all. Like I'm proud of the show, stuff like that, which was helpful to hear, but you could hear it in his voice. He was just heartbroken. Um, But like I said, I think after that uh, we kind of knew and you know, overall, it was the experience. experience. What, now you understudied Billy. Did you ever get to go on and play that part? I did not. No, but um, I got to have a couple under rehearsals, and uh, that was enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like this huge role. What a stressful thing to like know that you have to be ready to do it. I'm sure uh, is a lot. For a I think also. I also knew because uh, actually a, a buddy of mine, uh, Graham Bowen. Uh, he's does Book of Mormon, but we uh, so we did big together, and he was the first cover for Josh and Billy. Uh, and then later on, we actually we did Gypsy together. We kind of grew up in this business, you know, and he's he's the best. But um, I kind of knew that I would never go on anyway, so I was never really nervous about it. I just had a, I was like, oh, this is like I just need to know these lines for understudy rehearsal. <laughs> That's kind of what it felt like. I would literally like look at it and I was like, all right, I'll do this now. <laughs> so after but, this but yeah. big chapter, which is a huge thing to go out of town and workshop a show, originate a new show, make a cast record it, like that whole thing. You have this very busy experience, you know, creating a new musical on Broadway. And then that closes. Are is any of your thought like I need a big break from this, or I just go to the next thing? Tell me what you were thinking well, after big closed. Yeah, so when I remember the tail end of it, um, I was back, uh, I was entering my uh, freshman year of high school, and I uh, I remember just kind of trying to do homework, and I would like fall asleep as I was going, I was like, I don't think I can maintain this, and then at just the timing where they were like, we're closing in two weeks, I was like, thank God, because I, I was not do doing well, so that I took that as a sign, I was like, maybe I need to take a break. Um, so I kind of did, I wasn't doing much. I was started doing readings of, uh, a show called Captain's Courageous, like which I auditioned for and did not get. So congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Because you got it. All right, go ahead. Uh, No, but I, so I was doing readings of that even during big, I think I did one or two, something like that. And Um, that was starring Treat Williams at MTC, right? That's that's when yes. it started true. So at the time it was just readings here and there. Um and so I had all of my freshman year. Well, yeah, that's kind of what it was. It was just doing little readings here and there. And then uh in ninety seven, I think, uh Manhattan Theater Club opted to do the first like workshop. And uh I did Harvey Chain and I got to do it opposite Mandy Patankin played um uh Manuel. And that was that was unreal like i mean really? he's i mean he's mandy patankin and to yeah. see it up close and but the thing is he looked at me not as a kid as a peer like he would he would interrupt me i would try and do homework he's like brandon come over here he's like let's run these lines real quick I'm like I'm doing, homework. <laughs> doing homework. okay and but he just you know he was so serious um about the work and he was really passionate about the show um and it was just, that was a masterclass in itself, like doing scenes with him. I was like, and being that young, I was like, this is wild. Um, but he, yeah, he was just also another guy, just a, a remarkable, fantastic leader. Like he really, um, yeah, he made that show just, oh my God. So, but he uh, did not yeah. do it when you guys did a full production of it. 
No, he didn't. He didn't go forward with it, and I, I still don't know necessarily why. I don't know what we'll, happened. We'll call he's, him and ask him after. This. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, he's also. I mean, he, like, yeah, he's Manny Batangan. I'm sure he had yeah. eight million things to do. But um, yeah, he. Uh, so yeah, that didn't uh, work out. But it took like a year and a half, maybe, for us to actually go uh, for it to be a full production. And then Treat Williams came in. Um, so overall being on stage was about a year or two before I got back on. And stage. were you auditioning for other things like commercials and TV things like in between while you were at school, high school? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I, I did like one like small, like indie film, uh, in between that, but that was about it. it for the most part, it was like focused on my studies and, uh, um, yeah. And then it was mostly waiting on that show. Cause I think my parents, like I said, they're, they're very much, they wanted to make sure that I got a good education. They want to make sure that I, I, my focus was on, on that before anything. Um, so they were kind of like, all right, if this Kevin courageous thing comes around, cause I was attached to it for so long, you'll do you that. You do that. For the mo- and then, uh, yeah. 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 Unless it's something that you have to do, you know, what were your yeah. thoughts about college? Were you like, I should go study musical theater. I should go study something else. Where were you in your head about sort of making that decision about that next four years after high school? Yeah, I wanted to. So when Captain Courageous was done, I took the next few years off to focus on, you know, education and to get into college. Cause I did want to go. And I know some people are like, why would you do that when you were doing it your whole life? I didn't have, proper training in regards to acting. Um, and I wanted to get that. And especially since I was doing musical theater, I was like, I can also learn a lot just from getting more training in that, in, in acting and also in, in, in voice. So I was like, why not uh, give that a try? And also I felt like I needed, um, I needed to grow as a person more. And I was like, college would probably help in some capacity because I felt very, sheltered in some way just because i had not sheltered like discipline like i had to because i was in this business so long i didn't get to do things that most kids get to do so it's like i need to kind of a be able to focus on that but also like live my life a little bit um so yeah that was kind of what my thought process was and uh um i ended up going to nyu i went to at the time cap 21 affiliated with nyu so i went to that program um and i think <laughs> my first year admittedly was kind of a throwy i i i went wild i went wild. <laughs> like, I, you're like i'm out I'm, of jail i'm out of yeah kind of that's what it felt like and yeah. i was living in the city and i was you know i was like i'm just going nuts um but i was able you know i buckled down and and i did learn a lot i'm really glad i went um truly uh i had some wonderful acting teachers and is it a different experience to go to a program like that when you have had more experience than even some of your teachers like you have had that's a very strange thing to me it is and i will say too i i would refrain from telling people i would i did stuff there (laughs) kids because i felt like there'd be pressure to be and i was like i'm there to learn like everyone else and like i'm gonna fail a lot in this space and that's okay but i didn't like people knowing what my <laughs> resume was prior to because I felt this pressure to be good and I was yeah. like I'm gonna fail I'm gonna be bad like I'm here to learn um and I remember when some student found out like some of the shows I did and I was horrified because I was like I don't because I felt that oh really well then clearly you're gonna be great it, it felt like that kind of energy and I didn't want that at all I wanted to feel like I was in like a safe space to do things and not feel people be like, well, if he could do that, you know, I, and, yeah. and, uh, um, so that's, I think also, that's also partly why my first year felt very, uh, didn't go as well as I wanted to. Cause I think I just put this unnecessary it's pressure like on trying myself. to figure it out. So in 2003, yeah. um, which is six years after big, you, uh, returned to Broadway back at the exact same theater at the Schubert, um, mm-hmm. to do gypsy with Bernadette Peters directed by Sam Mendes, which was a production I thought was spectacular. Um, and I always ask this question cause it feels like very pivotal to me that as someone who was a kid returning to Broadway as an adult now must feel yeah. very special. Cause it's like, I, it, this wasn't just a fluke thing that I was a cute kid. It's like, I really have the ability. Tell me about if you felt that at all or what it felt like to be back on Broadway as an adult. 
Yeah, and I'm going to touch on Gypsy in one second, but that's exactly kind of what it was for me too in college. It was like the the um, transition into adulthood in this business. It It's scary and not a lot of people do it or yeah. feel like they can or can do it. So there was definitely fear there. And I definitely, there's a lot of doubt every now and then. Like I'd have moments in college like where we do whatever production I ran. I was like, okay, I can do this. But then, you know, the same breath, it was like I do something and be like, well, maybe I can't. The most surreal part about it was um, getting to work. Aside from being in the Schubert, whatever, there was like um, uh, uh, Jerry Mitchell. He knew me when I was a kid. Like, and for me to be transitioning to adulthood and like working with him again, it just it, it was it was surreal. I was like, oh wow, okay, um, I think I can do this. And he kind of was definitely helpful and gave me confidence I needed. I think because I. I you know, you never really know. You never really know. Because I, I know so many kids, obviously, doing this for so long, that just, that was it. Like, once they yeah. grew up, they couldn't, and some of them wanted to, they just, it just didn't happen for them. And uh, I just felt very, very lucky. And then, obviously, being the Schubert was just, that was wild. <laughs> so now you're an adult, and there's a bunch of kids in the show. Do you react differently because you know exactly what their story is? Or, you know, like, how? what is that like? Yeah, dynamic? I, it, it's funny. I. Uh, I end up like being like really cool with like the kids. Cause I understood what they were going through, yeah. I think. Uh, so yeah, it was just, I, I really, uh, and another thing that was crazy about those kids too, is that their dressing rooms were exactly the exact dressing rooms that I had. When I was <laughs> so big. So I remember going up and I was like, Oh my God, this is wild. Um, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, watching them was was definitely surreal to like watch them perform i was like this is crazy like that was the first time i i really processed like oh i'm an adult now <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's where i'm at i'm not these cute little kids. you don't have a wrangler <laughs> you're you no, can do whatever no you want no nothing but um, yeah tell us about working with bernadette peters on that show because i'm sure that is has to be a master class because she's different every night but totally honest and i thought that performance was really astounding and i know not everyone felt that but I did. And so that's all that matters. Tell me what it was like to be in the room to watch that happen. The thing that I really appreciate about her, uh, aside from her being Bernie Peters, is she goes out of her way to get to know you and will remember things. Like there's, I remember I had a conversation almost in passing. We were sitting like, I can't remember. It was that, it was the scene where all of his farmers were giving um, uh, gifts to um, uh, uh, um, Louise. Oh my God. Louise, thank you so much. Wow. It's been a minute. Anyway, and so we're taking a minute, and I don't know what we're saying, but she looked over to me, and she was she's like, where are you from, Brandon? And I told her, I was like, I was like, Ozen Park. And she's like, I'm from Ozen Park. And yeah. granted, that was fine. And I was like, I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. And yeah, it, it was like quick. It was quick. And then that was it. A few months went by, whatever. We opened the show, and she gave us hard cover copies of gypsy of the script and then she wrote something for all of us in it and she wrote something along the lines of like it's good to see someone from my old town do good something yeah. like that yeah and uh it's just just something i was like that was such a quick thing she easily could have forgotten she had eight million things on her mind she's leading this show and she, but she would remember people's names how's your family how's your how's your mom like she remembered everyone and she would go out of her way to do that. She just was so kind. And I don't know many people like that, yeah. uh, especially her caliber. Um, so yeah, she was just tremendous, tremendous. And that cast to this day, we still have a text thread. Like we are like family. I was just um, going to say like everyone who's been in that show only has incredible things to say about what was happening backstage and, you know, obviously Brooks and our friend Tim Federley and, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. Heather TP, like all these great, people kids yeah. adults like it just seemed like a really spectacular group of people so it's nice to know that that it truly was, was what was happening 100 percent. and for me it was like i was still you know i was 20 so i was still young i was like the little brother for like that group of the farm boys and stuff so i i don't know i just uh i hate to say but it is like i did grow a lot and i learned a lot and um it just, I felt like that was the perfect show for me to be a part of at that time in my life. It yeah. just, and like the right transit, 
the transition from childhood to adulthood is like, that was a perfect bridge. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And it's also, so there's that sequence where we're doing the transition as mm-hmm. from the kids and we grow up and we do the trenches. And I remember being like, oh, this really feels like what's <laughs> happening to me. Like I'm growing and that's just what it is. It just, it was, I remember every time I do it, I'm like, this is so crazy to see. And what's funny is little me played by Eamon Foley, who's now like, who will be on this podcast today. next week. Go ahead. Oh, oh my God. He's, <laughs> I can't stand next to him. I'm like, how are you this ripped? What's happening right now? Like, just this. <laughs> oh my God. But he's so, he's such a kind. He's very like, funny. He's a very oh. funny guy. Yeah, I, I really, I dig him. He's great. Um, he's great. All right. So in recent years, you've obviously been back on Broadway and Tech Everlasting and you went into SpongeBob um, and you're, mm-hmm. you know, with our friend Vasti, who we all love so much. She's the greatest the human on on earth. Um, yeah, and yeah. you sort of were so funny as patchy in SpongeBob oh, and I was very you. lucky to get to see you do that. But you're also like this inc- and you're doing these musicals on Broadway, but you're also this incredible actor. And a couple of years ago, you had this incredible opportunity to, uh, do view from the bridge at the Goodman that Evo directed. Yeah. Uh, it was like the yeah. Broadway essentially transfer after Broadway. And I'm sure that was a transformative experience for you to do a, the best play ever written with this incredible director and not be in a musical. Um, I'm sure that yeah. that experience is like cemented that this is what you should be doing. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was also in a minute. There was like a, a short period of time. Uh, it was like 24, 25 where I was, um, I got to do some plays. Like I did a, a play at King company. Then I did um, play at Atlantic theater company and then playwrights film. And I was kind of doing that. And, I really uh, gravitated towards acting more. I was starting to feel like I wanted to do more of that. Um, and then this opportunity came along. Uh, and I remember seeing the play in 2015 and I was just astounded. It was just, it was one of the best productions of that play um, I've seen. And uh, um, yeah, I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with with that production. And um, yeah, so then it came around a year or two later and I, uh, yeah, and, and, and I went to Goodman and, and did that production, which was surreal in itself to be kind of stepping Did you that. lobby for that? Did you were like, I have to play that part and make sure everyone I re- knew it? <laughs> yeah, I, well, what's funny is I remember when I saw it, I, was, I remember in my head saying, I would love to play. I remember saying that role or a role like that someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I never thought it would happen. And then when that audition came along, um, I was pushing for it. And thankfully that casting director knew me enough to let me come in. And I had to, I remember I had to put myself, well, I had to audition for the uh, Evo's uh, associate, but also be on tape so Evo can see it. And I had two auditions uh, and that was it. And then I found out like a few days later and a month or so after that, I was in uh, Chicago and it was just, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had as an actor. It's just, I mean, I don't know how you top getting the no, work from Evo. It's really tricky. Um, yeah. So obviously you're doing a lot of film and TV stuff and that's somewhat of the focus now. What do you want to be doing in this sort of, I know the earth's on fire, but when the fire cools out a little bit, where what would you like to be doing in this sort of next chapter of your career? Um, I mean, I would definitely love to do more at TV film. Like I, I'm, been fortunate with that like um i'm currently doing a a recurring role on a show called raising canaan that's on uh stars network and so that's been nice yeah so i I definitely would love to transition more into that uh for sure but um theater wise i mean gosh i i don't have anything necessarily in mind but um yeah i mean i of course i'd love to do uh more plays if if that comes along but um yeah i don't i don't really have anything that i i can think of right when, now when are, you pl- when are you playing alexander hamilton when's it happening <laughs> <laughs> i don't I'm know sending, me, i'm sending it out i just think you'd be so I good put it, I, I appreciate <laughs> that i i had a uh, a buddy uh john rua um yes. so he was like i think you'd be good and i was like i think you're crazy but you know i'll i'll take it i'll take it listen if i'm <laughs> saying it here it's into the mic 
Hey, now we'll it's in the, it, we'll it the universe. In a couple of weeks, when you text me and you're like, um, "This is crazy," um, yeah. And also, we'll see you in the Better Nathan Ever movie, which yes. I, you know, of course, loved working on with you, which we'll yeah. talk more about on this podcast. But uh, it's such a great little movie, and you'll you'll be. I can't wait for you to pop up and everyone to see you. And that's another thing, Tim Federley. My gosh, like what a star! Just the best person. I'm so thrilled for him. It's. But That's like you've now done so many, you obviously were a castmate with him. Then he wrote Tuck Everlasting that you were in. And then of course he directed and wrote Better Nate. And so yeah. it's nice to be nice to the people you meet because I guarantee you, he wouldn't have cast you in all of his things if uh, yeah. you were not no, a nice he's, person. <laughs> he's the best. And and that was another thing that was crazy too, that said one day, because I very, very, very little do that movie, but I'm happy to be have been a part of it. But when we... Uh, we're shooting that. It was right at the Schubert Theater where we did Gypsy. And I remember seeing him, just looking at him, like running this whole production. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy, crazy. But also yeah. like, he's always he's so a, talented. He's so a genius. Expected. So there we go. There genius, we have it. Genius. Yeah. Um, Brandon, yeah. we have to do quick fire questions. All Let's right. Are you, re- are you ready? A couple ready. of things you've done already. First audition song, Getting to Know You. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First probably show you ever saw was the first probably show you were ever in. Will Rogers Volleys. Okay. What is your favorite tattoo? Oh, gosh. Uh, I have one. It's my family crest on my chest. Do you have a terrible survival job that you ever had? Yeah, I had to do... uh, I bartended uh, some event. I don't know. Some... Some rich family in their apartment. It was just the worst. It was a nightmare. That sounds like the worst. What is your go-to album for a car trip? Oh, go-to album for a car trip. Oh, gosh. Uh, 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 oh, I don't know. Uh, anything. You know what? I'll say uh, uh, anything. Uh, Led Zeppelin is good for me. Great. Um, can you name two Real Housewives? Uh, there's the... there's. There's Real Housewives. Okay. You, you cannot. I can't. I don't right. know. I don't. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best, how uh, good are you at playing the drums? I want to say I'm like a solid six. All right. <laughs> um, who's your favorite Muppet? Oh, Animal, of course. Um, are you into true crime? And if so, what crime would you like to have solved? Oh, gosh. I am into true crime. I don't... Let me, what would I want to have solved? I don't know. Um, I'd have to think about that. But yes, I am into true crime. It's Jamine Ramsey. You have to. Oh, know. but didn't they already do something? Like they? they no, nobody it? really knows. It's probably the brother, but I shouldn't say that. I'm going to get to it. Bro- I think the brother. Okay. I don't know. Sorry. And then I think no. I have lots of thoughts. Um, have you <laughs> ever left a show at intermission and you don't have to tell us what it was? Yes, I have. Okay. Um, what was the last Broadway show you saw? Uh, last part of the show I saw was, uh, um, oh, Clyde. Oh, Incredible. it was so fun, right? Um, what movie can you watch over and over again? Oh, gosh. Um, there's so many. You know what, actually? Holidays, and I can watch, uh, Christmas Vacation, I watch all the time. I mean, over and over again. Um, yeah. so good. All right. What advice do you have for young performers? Oh, gosh. Uh, this is always tricky. Um, uh, I would say if this is something you're interested in, I, and I'm sure a lot of people say the same thing, um, make sure you take classes and in everything. Like, honestly, if this is something you truly want to do, like voice lessons, dance lessons, just, and, and also don't get, don't take things that you're just comfortable doing. Make sure you're taking classes that make you uncomfortable because that's the only way you're going to grow. Um, and I, I love made that. that mistake as a kid. Yeah. That's great advice. That Please mistake. take your classes at Broadway Workshop, BroadwayWorkshop.com. All right, tell the people where they can follow you to see what Brandon's up to. Oh gosh, okay. I'm only on one thing. I'm on Instagram, and it's at Brandon Xavier. Oh, sorry, Brandon X Espinoza. That's my I handle. Had to look it up. Um, I had uh, to look it up. No, I forgot. Well, everyone, follow you. You're so great. You're. I love watching you play the drums and do great things on the on the Instagram. Um, oh, I appreciate it. I think you're so talented. Thank you so much for spending this time with me today and us. And um, I only want great things for you. And I can't wait to see you back on Broadway again in like a great oh, new play. It. And um, of it. course, on my TV screen. So thank you for being with me today. 
Hey, thanks for having me. I had a blast. Always. And thank you, Little Me listeners. We'll be back next week with an all new episode. Bye for now. Thank you, listeners. This podcast is produced by Alan Seals, Dory Berenstein, and the Broadway Podcast Network and edited by Derek Gunther. For more information on the Little Me podcast, go to bpn.fm slash little me. And follow me on Instagram at Mark Tuminelli or on Twitter at That Tuminelli. And for more information on workshops, classes, and everything Broadway Workshop, go to broadwayworkshop.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.